to Why Are You Awake, the podcast where we interview people who are night owls, or in this case, were formerly night owls. This week, we have comedian Kelly Howard. Go check her out. Follow her everywhere. If you're listening to this podcast where you used to listen to singles only, go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe and watch us live at paulfcomedy.com. Check out my website, paulfcomedy.com, for upcoming dates. Follow me on Instagram at paulfarvar. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Hey, gang. As some of you know, I used to be a practicing lawyer in Chicago. I no longer practice, but from time to time, I need a lawyer. And when I need a lawyer, I call my friend Scott Shapiro. Scott Shapiro has been practicing law for over 25 years in Chicago. He does it all, from workers' compensation to personal injury, employment issues, and even entertainment law and contract needs. If you need a lawyer, call my friend Scott. 312-648-8800. That's 312-648-8800. Or you can email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. It's time for uh, Why Are You Awake? My name is Paul Farvar. If you're listening to this podcast, you can go watch it on my YouTube channel and check it out, see what we look like in real life. This week's episode features uh, one of Chicago's finest comedians. Uh, I remember starting and watching her and just being like, if I ever had to follow her, I was like, fuck, this (laughs) is going to suck. Kelly Howard. Hi. Hi, Kelly. I'm sleepy. (laughs) I know. That's funny because you you said that you used to be a you used to be a night owl and you've changed your ways. I have, I have, and this is like as I was driving here, I was like, God damn, Paul. Why'd you agree to this shit? I was like, I really was. I was like, for one, it's the coldest night of the winter so far. It is cold, yeah. So that's that automatically makes you sleepy. Yeah, you want to cozy in bed, right? It's some hot chocolate. (laughs) I don't know about that. Some tea. Kelly, you were talking before we started about how your name is spelled Kelly A, K E L L Y E, and for years, Kelly with an e, yep, that's I me. spelled it right. You can see here on the on the promo here because you would close your shows explaining to people K E L L Y E, like Kanye, but Kelly, you're right, Kelly, yeah. and so I obviously that it stuck with everybody. But I was like, oh man, and weirdos still-, still come up to me like Kelly, and I'm like, it's not pronounced that hard way to not it's just say it like spelled that. that way yeah but you and you still say that even though kanye's been canceled for the last seven months yeah but it, i mean it's kanye yeah you still listen to his music i so my, so my niece how canceled loves is him. he really my niece loves him but his her, his mom or her mom doesn't let him listen to I it in guarantee the car. you he's listening to what do you mean I, oh, she's, or she's oh, yeah, listening. Yeah. Your niece is listening. She is, too. but not in the car. Like when they're yeah. in the car, she turns it off. But I told her, I'm like, you got to be, I mean, it's hard to separate the art. There's people, the neighborhood I live in, I still hear R. Kelly. Okay. So <laughs> Kanye is good. Yeah. He's in Gucci. Comparison. Yes. <laughs> so Kelly, you've been doing comedy for what? How long have you been doing comedy? You ain't tell me I was going to have to admit that on the <laughs> At least, I know at least 13 years. It's 17 years. 17 years. I just hit 17 years this year. And in wow, June. that's I know, amazing. That shit's a long time. What was the best year? Shit. <laughs> Just fuck it with you. <laughs> seven year seven? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, you know what? Real talk, my best year was probably last year when I did Steppenwolf. And that wasn't oh, really yeah. stand up, but. 
One man show, one woman show. One woman show. It was my third one and Damn. sold out for standing ovations. Hell yeah. So I think that was my best year in, in, in live performance, not necessarily stand up. Okay. Yeah. That's not, that still counts. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, so you said you're no longer a night owl. No, I've kind of, have um, I don't want to call it recovered. Cause I would just shit on people like you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you've moved on. I've you've moved. I've grown it. I've changed. I've changed my trajectory in terms of like how I want my day to look. Yeah. Why did you do that? It was a trip to Thailand. Okay. It flipped my schedule, and so uh, we went there for our ten-year wedding anniversary in June, and because it's whatever time it is now it's 12 hour difference so it's 8 30 here it was 8 30 a.m there so 5 p.m here will be 5 a.m there so we'll be up at the sunrise going to the temples listening to the um, monks chant and you know it's super early but I wasn't tired because my body still felt Chicago right um, and so after two weeks of doing that then when we got home I was still waking up around five thirty, six o'clock. So I kind of just stuck with it for a while. Yeah. For and like, you a, liked it. It was okay. I ain't gonna say I liked it. Okay. Don't get it twisted. So I stuck with it for like probably about two months. And then I slowly started seeing it get like later and later. So it went from like waking up every morning at five to waking up every morning at six mm-hmm. to waking up every morning at seven 30 now. And it was kind of creeping back to like me getting up around eight thirty nine. But don't you get tired when you have to work or perform at night so then late august i went on a 10-day silent meditation retreat and for this silent meditation this retreat, last august? yes this okay. past couple months ago and for this retreat the bell went off every morning at 4 a.m we had to be up at 4 a.m we had to be in the dama hall to meditate by 4 30 and so Christ. because i went through another 10-day stretch after thailand of getting up at four thirty, and I and it was hard. I ain't gonna lie. That four o'clock bell went off, and I would instantly. I would tell myself, Simba, it is time. Like that's what I would do every morning. I would do because that's my favorite movie. I would like, sure <laughs> truly <laughs> remind myself, like, come on, you can do this. Uh, but then when I got back, though, because I went through this whole program of like teach me how to meditate. Uh, for this particular style of meditation, I've kind of gotten hooked on it. So now I wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and I get to my meditation. Like, that's the first thing I do. For the silent meditation, is that the one where you don't talk the whole silent. two weeks? That's that's why it's silent. I, f- I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's why it's in the title. <laughs> so that's like, that's, you couldn't talk for, t- how would you communicate with people? Do you just learn to fucking make eye contact? You don't communicate. No, you, no eye contact, no gestures. What? Yes. How many people is this? Ugh, it was probably like, for the women, it had to be at least 40 of us, maybe. It's women. Like a cult. And then they have the men's side because the men and the women don't, we take different paths, we eat in different different spaces yeah but we all meditate together so you see the men over there and the women over there how would you know when to start meditating or stop <laughs> you have them? a very strict schedule they give you the schedule on day one so you know what the schedule is so but like is someone leading the meditation yeah and it's and, 10 and a half hours of meditation a day so you know where you should be you should be meditating if you're there is it like you one person standing in front of like a group of 39 people or some shit like that well she's not standing there but there is somebody sitting at the top of the uh room okay and she's not really instructing you it's all recorded so she just hits a button and then the guy talks talks and we're following okay 
his instructions. Did anyone cheat? Like, did you hear people yell out "fuck" or like if they hit something? No, no yelling. No, no, no none yelling. of that. No, no yelling. No, actually, nobody really spoke. Everybody kind of just. And some people were fresh meditators, like never meditated a How day in their life. How did you do that? Well, I've been meditating for ten years, so I kind of was already in the frame of mind of meditation like I, I, I but I didn't know it was gonna be I ain't gonna lie don't get it twisted I didn't think it was gonna be like this like it was arduous as fuck it was very hard mm-hmm. especially the first three days because my knees was burning like these are 42 year old knees right. and we're sitting in meditation like 10 and a half hours a day and I kept going to the the teacher because that's the only time you can talk was this 30 minute window oh you could talk at some point you could ask questions and you had to sign up oh. to talk to the to the instructor Would you just sign up just so you could talk oh my god i went to her so fucking much paul <laughs> it was ridiculous like i just need to fucking to talk. a point where she said kelly i think i am becoming a crutch that's what she said to me she just wanted to talk probably it, right? well i had questions I'm, I'm i'm super i'm one of those heady people so i'm constantly in my head about like well if i do this then what if this and and so i had a lot of questions pertaining to but how many of them did you also have questions like does this match like you're just trying to just no, fucking no, no, talk no. Just to talk, just to talk. Shit, we wore basically the same thing every day. Okay. I mean, you didn't really need to change. Uh, I just mean like you're a person that communicates at, for a living, and you, living. you like to talk. We all do. How can you do two weeks where you're not talking? Uh, it's got to be motivation, hard. determination. Okay. But I also cheated a little bit. The moments I had with the instructor, um, and then I brought my notebook, and you weren't supposed to have any notebook oh. or any books to read. You shouldn't have anything. You can't have anything. The you whole can't read? the whole goal. No, they don't want you to do yoga. You can't bring any yoga mats. They don't want you to do anything. But it's a cult. It's introspection. They want you to sit and be within yourself. They I, want you to be within d- your body. How many people? didn't make it they all made it i was so surprised <laughs> i just knew the girl next to me she came late one day and i was like damn you're not gonna make she, it." she i i had a feeling she was already on the edge like she was crying a lot it was really hard for her and so one day i think she like overslept after lunch and she didn't and, and right before that the night before she went to the instructor and she was crying and she was just like my grandmother and and, and everybody was mm-hmm. dying at home for her everybody she was like and so and so sick and so and so and they're dying and so i'm like damn her whole family's gonna die she gotta go right yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what happens after like day three your brain starts to create all of these reasons why you shouldn't be there. Right. So you, you, you start, you start ruminating, you start, and because you're sitting in silence and you have no one to talk to, yeah. it just gets louder and louder. Like, yes, your grandmother is dying while you're here. We FYI, all we all are dying. She's dying, you know, right. Yeah. And so, but I mean, we are all dying, but, and I guess she was really in hospice, but she didn't die while we were there. Uh, <clears throat> but your brain just does that. It just creates all of these things. And so when she was crying the night before, then the next day she was late, I was like, Oh no. She's gone. She left. And I was like, that's so sad. Darn. I thought she was going to make it. But then she came in. And I told her on the last day, because we can talk. Um, I was like, I'm so happy you made it. I thought yeah. you wasn't going to make it. I'm right, so right. happy you made it. Do you, like, how do you, did you stay in touch with any of those people? Like, we do. We have a What's Up okay. a group chat that we very rarely interact with. But I At do have, have it there. yeah. And I do have a few people that like is actually camp. from the Chicago area that, because most it? people flew in. Where was it at? Back at Sonoma, Illinois, oh, right outside of Rockford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. easy for you. Yeah, it was like two hours. So that, after you did this meditation thing, then you confirmed that you're no longer part of the night owl? Not cult. confirmed. I just, 
okay so here's the thing that really got me with it because I was doing the meditation I would get up at 5 a.m then I started the gym routine where right after I meditate so I get up at 5 I make my bed I brush my teeth I'm on my mat by 5 30. You make your bed every day? Every day I mean I was in the military of course I make my bed every day. I've never made my bed. <laughs> yes. I think I've made my bed three times in my life. It also gives you structure it gives you a lot of structure to make your bed yeah. first thing in the morning. Okay, fair so I, I, I make my bed I brush my teeth I sit on my mat by 5 30. I'm on there for hour and five minutes so I do an hour of meditation and then five minutes of like gratitude and pouring love out into the world and the universe and hoping that everybody else is well right so I do that for five minutes about 6 35 I go down I eat my breakfast I have a little coffee and then I walk to the gym um because I finally live somewhere where I can walk to the gym and so <laughs> I walk <laughs> to the gym <laughs> and uh and I do that and I'm there from seven to like nine ish and and so when I started that routine it just became like this thing that felt good to do every day. Like Monday sure. through Friday, I'm like, oh man, I'm on it, right? Then I had a show because that was going to be the the telltale because I hadn't had any shows. I was traveling. We were moving. I wasn't taking shows. So I was able to get in bed right. by like 9.30 every night. Right. And so then I had a show and I didn't get in bed till like 12 30 or something like that I got home I brushed my teeth washed my face got ready for bed 12 30 and I was like this gonna be the one this gonna tell me five o'clock hit that alarm so went up. off I got up and got wow. to my mat and I was like okay bitch I see you I see you on this mission when you when you do the <laughs> prayers throughout love you said you do the five minutes of of gratitude and everything like that do you also ever like sneak in a, but I hope that motherfucker Jan, Janice gets hers. Like, do you ever have like never, one, never, never, never one negative. Never. What about, all right. Never, never. You know what? My entire brand is be less petty, bro. It's I be understand. less of that. But that means that you're a little petty. Oh, I'm very petty, which is hence why I had to create a whole brand. You're to, trying to be less petty, but that insinuates petty. that you have some pettiness. I have pettiness. So in therefore me. I would feel like every once in a while I just slip in like, but I hope that motherfucker Chris gets after his. a meditation. Like if I if I need to slip that in after a meditation, bitch, I ain't gonna never not be petty. Like I'm gonna be Fair. petty forever until death. Okay. <laughs> you know. Um, but I what I did was is I I do have my petty moments, but it's usually after I've like lived the day. Like I'm in the midst of my day and something happens and I'm I react petty because I'm not in my centered space. Sure. I'm not in my having just meditated. I'm back in reactive Fair. mode, you know? So let's Human talk, mode. Let, let's talk about when you did have that one show, you said you, you did your routine when you went to bed, it was 1230. You were able to fall asleep after a show. Like, cause it takes a while. Doesn't it take you a while to come down from, from a show, especially when you're doing your one woman shows where, well, those a lot were of different. Adrenaline. Okay. Those were different. One woman show was a, 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 a way different emotional. I was Journey. pulling from a different space. It doesn't matter. It's still stand up though. Um, I've been doing it 17 years. Sure. I can go to sleep while performing stand up. <laughs> but you still have a rush where your brain is still, I mean, there's still endorphins kicking in where you yeah, can't fall asleep. That dri- that that goes away as you're driving home. As okay. you're driving home, it kind of. How far is your drive home? Doing, I mean, well, I live out south, so, oh, and I'm okay. usually doing shows out nor- up north, so mm-hmm. at least 20 minutes. Fair. Yeah, it doesn't really, I don't know. I don't, and I've never had a problem falling asleep either. Like I've always been one of those type of people where as soon as my, my head hit the pillow. You fall asleep? I'm good. God, what's that like? Very rarely, like tonight I might be up a little bit just because I'm drinking a kombucha. Okay. So I might be up for a hot minute. I might have to like concentrate on my breath, but for the most part. 
when you were a night owl, was it because of your shows? Because you were in the military. Mm -hmm. So you would, you were trained to go to bed. I'm assuming you guys went to bed on a structured time and things like that. When, when you, when you were a night owl, was it because of the lifestyle of being a comedian or were you ever a night owl when you were a kid or anything like that? I justified it because I was a comedian. Okay. That's how I, and I mean, it's been 17 years, so I don't even remember like way back before that. I, it's been 17 years. Okay. Of but doing, when you were a kid though, did you it. go to bed on time? Or I don't anything? remember anything about my childhood. It's okay. called trauma, Paul. What are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is this podcast? <laughs> That's different, different podcast. <laughs> a completely different podcast. People think that while you are awake, it's about, it's about, uh, anxiety and stuff like that, but it's not, it's just about fucking being <laughs> up late, but no, we can talk about that too. So your earliest memories that you do have, uh, were you ever someone that remember, were you like awake, when you shouldn't have been things like that do you remember that as a child or as a young adult in high school as a child no young adult though um i mean i would go out and kick it you know what i mean i would hang out and then when i started comedy which i was 26 Uh at the time so you know that's right in the middle of of hanging out and kicking it anyway and so it just continued it just Mm -hmm. became a thing that i was up late and and then i had a job so at times when i had to get up at nine and go to work I did but in 2010 that's the last year that I worked a regular nine to five and so um since 2010 I've been a, a night owl I've been one of, and I would justify it like I would create at night I would write at yeah. night I would even right. if I didn't have shows I would be up at night watching Netflix with my computer on my laptop till two three o'clock in the morning right you know getting up at nine ten o'clock a.m okay and yeah i justified the hell out of it but you when you had a job you were you weren't a nine owl because you had to wake up you need after your shows or whatever you said 2010 so there was a overlap of like five years where you had to be you know go to work and also be a comedian at night right Mm -hmm. yeah so how did you do how did you make that work just slept less It's just what do you do you know what i mean like if you chasing this dream for especially those first years you got to be out here. You got to you yeah. got to be on the scene several shows a night sometimes. So, yeah. So, what about your relationship with your family though? Are they all when you were a night owl, when would you was your husband a night owl no, too? No. No. So many arguments. Like, this, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm probably not a night owl anymore because of my husband. My husband gets up every morning 4 a.m. without an alarm clock. Jesus. Every morning like with and 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 I mean uh, I recently posted this clip actually on my IG where he wakes up like not like most people where you're like Oh, let me get to this day no he wakes up like he's in a fucking musical like he is alive he is ready for life <laughs> does he need is he one of those people that doesn't need a lot of sleep or is he, he doesn't going, need a lot of sleep I but he, he he wants a lot of sleep but his body just doesn't give it to him like yeah. he's in bed if he's in bed before nine he's absolutely waking up about two a.m and he's gonna be up if he, he just stays up he's gonna be up so he tries to go to bed Jesus. between nine and ten and then he'll sleep till about three thirty-four. He does take naps. That's how you should do it. He does take naps, but it's it's brief. It's like twenty minutes, you know. Twenty minutes in the afternoon is equal to an hour. That's what he does, and he takes naps. Me though, I've never been able. I've never been a napper. If I lay down, I'm done. <laughs> so if I lay down in the afternoon, that's it. So how would you make the relationship work when you guys had different hours during the times where you were a night owl? And and your kids too, right? So like, how how did you? I'm a comedian, right? How That's you, how I justify it. 
but how would you, would you see them? How would you see, when would you see them? Or what would you like, you go to, would you, did you make an effort? Did you have to make an effort to like, okay, we're going to have dinner as a family before I go to. You Absolutely. Know. Okay. So I did a lot of dinner as a you family before stuff. I go to shows. Yep. 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 Um, and just be there, be attentive to them. And then when, when I'm gone from my show, I'm just out for the night. And yeah. when I get in, everybody else is asleep, but it was many nights too. Like tonight. In fact, my husband does all the cooking. <laughs> Yes, no, <laughs> and I live within walking distance of a gym. I am living the life, okay? Sure. So my husband does all the cooking, and um, like tonight, I had to go to this thing, which is so late, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and he's cooking, so my food will be ready for me when I get home. It'll be in the microwave. So there's been plenty of times where I've had to leave before dinner was done, right? And so he'll just be there with the girls. And even when I remember many times where I had shows the night before and I would wake up and he's up with the girls, he's kicking, cooking them breakfast, getting yeah. them all ready for school, you know, when they were younger and doing the whole morning thing just because it wasn't my forte. Yeah. You know, you would only, but you said even when you were in there, you'd still wake up at nine or 10 PM in the morning or yeah. 10 AM. Yeah, the latest I would wake up is like 11 mm -hmm. at, at the absolute latest. But that was like rare occasions. I would usually be up by 9, 10. But you're doing shows sometimes. You don't have the luxury of being only 20 minutes away, right? Because you did the road. You did shows mm -hmm. on the road where you had to drive sometimes. How would you do that? How would that work out? The furthest I've done where I wasn't, where I wasn't given a hotel was like probably 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Like I'm not, I don't take shows out in bumblefuck without a without a hotel you know what I mean? Sure. Like at late at night because if what if what happens if i get tired on the road like yeah, it's just too risky sure yeah but if you're on the road and you did get a hotel wouldn't you just kick it later with the other comedians that you're working with never really i'm so lame when it comes to that because i don't drink either yeah so that's the thing like when you're out with them late at night they're usually just getting hammered and talking shit i don't drink and i'm trying to be less petty so I don't want to do either of those things, you know right. what I mean? So I just go back to the hotel and probably do some work, some writing, right. some, I don't know, read a self-help book, you know what I mean? Meditate, <laughs> something like that. Did you, when you, you said that you would used to be, cre I mean, for me, after shows or uh, after shows or whatever, even if I don't have a show late at night is where I'm the most creative, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. I think 90% of my writing Maybe not after a show, but the nights I don't have shows, I'm writing, I'm, I'm producing, editing stuff, whatever. I'm so productive and I'm, I'm an alone, I'm single. You're with a family. I would assume that that's the only time you would have to yourself where you are not being disrupted and you can get shit done. Well, my husband works during the day, mm -hmm. so he's not disrupting me. The girls are either in school or not, but my daughters are also 22 and 23. That's insane. So me. I don't have young kids. I don't have kids that even right. want to talk to me barely. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like they, they want to live their lives. Actually, that's not true. My 23 year old is like, mom, but, <laughs> but the other one, we can barely get her to come by for a family dinner. We like, sure. so will we see you ever maybe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just what it is. So I don't really, I've never had the whole issue of like not being being able to create because my family was present. Mm -hmm. um, I just think I did my best creations late at night. It just, it just was the way my brain was sure. set up until I went to Thailand. And, and I think it's also narrative, right? The narrative we've written for ourselves. So me, I wrote the narrative that I can only be creative at night. 
I have to be up till two, three o'clock in the morning. I had, you know, I was, I was reinforcing that in my brain and telling myself also that I just wasn't a morning person. Mm -hmm. I had said that for so long. So once I proved that to not be the case after that meditation retreat, because Thailand was different. It's like, we're on a completely different vacation, right? completely different time frame too. So mm-hmm. we're on a, I mean, time zone sure. It's 5 PM where I live. So I can't really say that I'm getting up early. It's right. 5 PM where I live, you know, but when I did that retreat and that 4 AM bell went off and every morning I was up by like four Oh five, that they, changed. Why did they do the 4 AM bell? Are they, is, is the meditation that you're a part of, do they push the idea that you should be awake before the, the sun, sun goes up um, or is that why I, don't they have the bell go off at like noon and then make people well I mean why do they pick well it arbitrary? is traditional Buddhist teachings and okay. so you know the Buddha I just feel like society pushes us to be wake up you know when the, when a bank wakes when a bank opens you should be able to go there but I, I feel like fuck that I'd rather be like I'd rather be productive late at night where nobody's bothering me. Where nobody's well, you have that, but my mm-hmm. husband is the most productive in the morning because yeah. there's nobody up, and so he edit photos, he does yoga, he does all these things. Back when I was a night owl, he would do all these things before nine a.m. Yeah, and then I would wake up, and he's, you know, and now he's regular. He's doing his nine to five because he's already done all his creative stuff. Right from four to nine. But you can do that <clears> stuff late <throat> at night too. I've talked about it on this podcast where. I'll do a show in, in, in Texas or wherever. And I go back, I don't drink either. So after the show, I'm wide awake. I'll go work out at the gym. It's a 24 hour gym. Nobody's in the gym. I get, I get to do a full workout where I have to wait for, you know, someone on the elliptical or whatever. And then I go, I'm, I'm wide awake now. I can write for another hour and a half Yeah. and then I could sleep in. Cause guess what? There's nothing to do in that small ass town in right. Albuquerque or and everybody sleep. Yeah. So who cares? Like, yeah. I just want to be, for me, I want to be the best of my, I want to, I want to be in my prime when I'm doing shows at seven or 9 PM and I'm not going to be tired. Yeah. And if you've trained yourself to be up right. and then, but I was always a night owl. Like even yeah. before I did comedy, I was a musician where I was always late when I used to drink a lot. I would be the last one at the bar. I love, I felt like for me, I felt like I was missing out mm-hmm. and I still kind of do too. It's like, if I go to bed at 11, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on something. Right. Like something happens overnight. You're like, oh, I'll be the first to know that yeah, Rosalind no. Carter died. You said, right. No, not right. <laughs> not for me. Not like, for you. Not for me. 10 o'clock in the bed before. Like I would prefer yeah. to be in the bed by 10 tonight. Okay. You know, that's just how my brain is now set up. But I also love my mornings. I've learned to love my mornings. I've learned to love getting up, meditating and going to the gym. Like that's really impactful for how the rest of my day looks. But I'm also in a different zone. I don't think I do post a lot of stand up and I do still do stand up comedy, but I'm also acting a lot more right. and doing other things that do take place during the day. I mean dur- <laughs> during COVID, I think I saw your commercial uh a billion times, the commercial with you and oh, your Oh, the fake Humera daughters. commercial? Yeah, Humera commercial. Those are my sisters. They oh, they really my daughter. are? They were my not they're not my real sisters, but that's what they were playing in. Oh, the, right, right, right. Sisters. I was like, yeah. they know. Yeah, they weren't real related to you. No, 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 no. Yeah, that commercial was on every fucking day. I know. You, do you get do you get uh, residuals on that? Yes, just, we okay. got yes, yes. That's why you it was, moved. It's very not, <laughs> no. That's not why. That's not why. In fact, I shitted that money away so terribly. Um, you just don't know that yeah. it's like gonna abruptly stop. You assume like, oh, I'm killing it, right? These yeah. checks are coming, and then you like, wait, 
I didn't get a check this week. What happened? It's like, oh yeah, no, it's done. Done. What do you yeah. mean done? What do you mean done? What right. about what about all this credit card debt I've accrued in the process of knowing <laughs> I that I was going to be going right, forever? In the process of knowing I was going to get a check to pay it off. Like what the fuck? So uh, let me, let's go back to what you're talking about. Where the, at night you used to do this Netflix thing where you'd write and your computer be on and like that. Now you're doing that in the morning after you work out, you meditate or you meditate, you work out and then you're, you're no one's at home. That's where you do you have alone time where you can actually be creative now? Your daughters are absolutely. Are okay. You know, I will say this, though. Admittedly, I will say that I have noticed. Specifically writing stand up comedy has like I have my I have my window. I have my 15 minutes that I sit and I do my little thing, but I don't have a lot of stretch time out of that where I'm really creative. So I have my 15 minutes a day that I commit to myself where I'm like, OK, I'm all right. Stand up during this 15 minutes every window. day. Yeah, because okay. I have a book that I um, I don't know if you've ever seen my Joker's Journal. Have you no. seen that? Well, I brought it. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Joker's Journal. So I teach it to Paul oh, right, right down right. the street. Right. Oh, yeah. And so I made a. Joker's, Joker's journal for my class. Um, oh, okay. I also sell it on Amazon and I oh, also use yeah. it myself, but yeah. And it's laminated because I'm anal about fingerprints, sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a book. And in here though, the, the brainstorming tools and stuff, you know, writing, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an intro where you make a commitment to yourself of how long you're going to, how long you're going to work. And so the commitment is that I would do at least 15 minutes of uninterrupted comedy writing six days a week. What's what constitutes writing to you writing in a journal or do you count like other things? So I've learned to count other things just because I don't always sit down and go right to this. But I will have a moment where I'm constantly texting bits and thoughts and right. things like that to myself. But I also have a time on my schedule. So I, I get back from the gym. I have breakfast after breakfast. I shower and I get dressed and then I sit down at my desk to start my day. Right when I sit down at my desk to start my day, the first thing on my to do list is check my text messages. So I check the text messages that I've been sending to myself over the last 24 hours. You know, you could just put it in notes. And then I look, yeah, but I never really come back. Like I, I have so many notes. Is I have Texting so many forces you to look at it forces. It's just That's whatever fine. it is. I have move. so many notes created. It's not even helpful anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, if I text in it to myself and then I have my little indicator on my uh, calendar that says check text, text messages. And then I just go through and sift through my text messages and see what, jokes work what to do's I gotta do what because I text myself other things too um and then I'll have my little comedy window where it is 15 minutes a day where I try to focus strictly on this book the actual writing in that the writing in this book okay because it's 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 like set up punchline it has lines specifically for that it has brainstorming tools set up punchline you're not a set up punchline so you're a storyteller that's not true though you can even within stories is a set up and a punchline I know that, but I'm just saying like yeah. your traditional, it doesn't matter. It's still okay. all in there. Like, you know, I, it, I don't even have any, like I have one where my, my setup was, I was having some weird dreams at the retreat and the misdirect is I killed Shamar Moore. He was a cop and I killed him. Okay. So that's like a start of a bit that it's not the whole it's bit yet, hilarious. but it's a start. It, no, it's not, fucking just, but it's a start, is always you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like something I can go back to. And this, I know that this is where I'm setting it up and this is where I'm, so it's not necessarily how I write, but it's how I'm teaching. Sure. You know what I mean? And the bigger issue was like, when I first started, I was like, what is something that I wish I had have understood as a new comic? One, the concept of setup punchline misdirect, that whole concept 
because I started as like just somebody that was getting on stage and somebody was like, you funny, you should do this. Mm -hmm. And I just got up there and was like, Hey, I'm funny and I'm gonna do this. I had no direction. I had no understanding of how to write a joke. None of that. I would just get up there and rant, which is great. It, it, it built a muscle that a lot of joke writers don't have. Right. So it was a great muscle to build. However, I wish I had to learn that earlier in my career because it would have completely changed how I was able to maneuver in certain spaces with certain jokes and certain material. I didn't understand that until I started teaching it. How did you start comedy? What was it? That, <clears throat> were you in the military when you started or you got no, out? No, I wasn't. in. I actually did get out. I told them that I wanted to be a comedian and an actress and that I couldn't do this thing no more. This military thing. <laughs> how, where were you stationed? That's how I was a reserve. So Reserves, I wasn't okay. like, yeah, I was at Grissom Air Force Base. And I told my sergeant, I said, yo, I want to be an actress and a comedian. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be an electrician. <laughs> and if you call me to war, I'm fleeing. I'm telling okay. you now. <laughs> so Fair. you might as well go and just let me go and he gave me a general discharge and so I was able to get out that earlier which general. just basically means like you don't get any of the benefits oh. so it's not a dishonorable it's not an honorable it's just a general yeah. which kind of sucks because had I known what I know now I was young and I was like I'm gonna be famous by in the next seven years it's fine I don't have to worry about any of this I'm gonna be rich I'm gonna be famous I'm gonna be like Eddie Murphy done had I known, I could have bought a house. I could get so many things at a very discounted rate if I would have just stayed in for How the long would you have additional to year. One year? Uh, no, it wasn't one. It was, I think it was two and a half. Oh, you wouldn't have made it. You but I, would, I might have. I know, but you wouldn't have been happy. I wouldn't have been happy, but I would have been happy at that zero, per, that zero percent APR when I went to buy a to house. Buy a house or cars too, right? Anything. Yeah. Like, it's so many discounts. I just now got veteran on my driver's license. So they did give me the veteran thing but it's you get still better in parking sometimes i get right but it, i still don't get any of the like real yeah. military benefits it sucks so what was the first time so you you told you told your sergeant you want to get out you got out mm -hmm. what happened next um well i was just working mic or something no, no 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 i i was just working and going to columbia i was studying acting that's what i told him i was getting out i didn't tell him i was getting out because comedy because i didn't even know wait where was the base where in grissom it? air force base is that the one indiana Oh, we did. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. So I I just got out because I wanted to be an actress. Started studying at Columbia. Um, Acting there? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> getting paid for by the GI Bill. So contradictory. So that I was getting, <laughs> they were paying for my college. You still got that. <laughs> yeah, I did get that. And so I was I was studying at Columbia and um, working at Foot Locker, working for the Department of Homeland Security, TSA. So I had two jobs. Damn. Yeah, I had two jobs. I was at columbia full-time and i had a kid that i was neglecting and so <laughs> i was at Foot Locker, and this dude just was in there this producer guy was in there and it was like a latino family uh latinx i think i'm supposed to say family in there and they were uh you know speaking spanish and looking at shoes and shit and i'm like hey do you need help with anything and the dude was like oh i don't speak no english right and i was like okay well i don't speak spanish so I guess we're not talking, right? And so then he walked out because it was a mall. He walked out right in front of the store and started speaking perfectly. I'm talking crisp fucking English. You understand what I'm saying? Crisp. Wow. Yeah. Like better than me probably <laughs> and so he's talking to his buddies and he's like yeah i'm gonna run over there real quick you going down oh cool 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 and it pissed me off because i'm like you could have just said i'm not interested i'm not interested or i don't I, we're just looking we're right. just looking right. what happened to common courtesies right why do you have to lie and so i just started roasting him i don't even know what i was saying i don't remember you went out there no i didn't go out there i was ro i was working so i was roasting 
the dude to the other employees. Oh, you know, not, I'm just, he didn't hear you. Got no, it. he walked out and I was roasting him. Right. And the producer guy that was in there buying shoes was like, you are funny as hell. Have you ever tried stand up comedy? And I was like, no. And he was like, I do this show that I produce at the Hilton and uh, no, the Holiday Inn in Madison back when Damon Williams was hosting it. Oh, yeah. Way okay. back when he was sure. like, if you would be willing to do five minutes of stand up comedy, I'll give you a spot. And I was like, OK. And I wasn't even old enough. You had to be 25 or older to get in. I think I was 24. And this was in 2004. So technically, if you count the time that I've ever, ever first got on the stage, it's been 19 years. OK. But I don't count from that date because of this reason. So I do the show. Right. I invite everybody from TSA where I was working, Department of Homeland Security. I invite everybody from Foot Locker. Um, I'm like, come out and see me. And, and it's so funny because at TSA, uh, one of my buddies, I was like, I don't know what my what my comedy name going to be. You know, I was like, I need a comedy name and he was like your ass is shaped like a grapefruit you should go by grapefruit and so i was grapefruit bro i was grapefruit like ask damon i Williams. think i remember you telling that yes story i before. was grapefruit <laughs> you told that story at a show i remember you telling that story so trash um not knowing that my career is going nowhere under the name of grapefruit, grapefruit. and so i was grapefruit and um i went up there i did probably the most terrible five minutes I don't know but I did really good like people were laughing sure. and then I got like a partial standing ovation which was really just all the people that came with me was like really yeah, proud yeah. you know and then the next week Damon called me and said yo I, I got this show in Gary I want to book you for it's $30 some wings if you willing to come out there and I'm like fuck yeah and I made $30 my second time ever doing stand up wow. with wings right and I'm like this is it right here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna be famous. What this is how do, you. <laughs> what did you do for those five minutes? Did you do? I think I talked about like old people stepping because I was young at the time. I was right. 24 and I was still going to the club and I was still hanging out. And I talked about like old people coming to the club and trying to step while while juke music is on. While I'm out here doing other stuff, like I'm popping, I'm twerking, I'm doing yeah. all this, and you out here trying to do the two step, fucking up my vibe. And so I like talked about that, and I think I talked about like farting on a date or having having a shit real bad. But you had acting skills, right? So you could act. You could have sold these. You were acting them out. Yeah, oh, for sure. I've always been an act out performer. Right. That's the, like been my thing. Um, yeah, so I was definitely improv and acting out, having fun, just kind of being up there doing whatever. Really, I'm just like, this is just the people at the, these are people at the barbecue. These are yeah. like my family. You know, I'm just up here, whatever. And uh, and I kind of performed from that space for like I don't know a couple more times. And then after Damon paid me though, I went back to TSA and put in a transfer to LA. I was like, I'm out of here, nigga. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> like, there's no point in me being here. I'm rich. I'm like, I, I got $30. <laughs> I'm, Gary, yeah. I literally quit. I quit school. Oh, wow. I transferred to Los Angeles, LAX, drove 30 something hours to LA, lived with my mom's boyfriend's sister at the time for a couple months until I started sexing this dude and then we moved in together and that was trash for about a year <laughs> and then I got my own place when my daughter moved up there and then um I didn't do any stand-up while I you was, were in LA no I was I was living in 80 and 90 degree weather for the first time yeah, in my yeah. life with a, a job that was paying me forty thousand dollars a year like I was living my right. life I was 25 yeah, living yeah. my life and so um and then too when my daughter moved up there though it's just not realistic to try to do stand-up with a five-year-old yeah. like 
how how would I do that? And I had no family, no nothing up there. So at night babysitting. There's shit like no that. way. There's no way. Like I would have been basically so setting her up there? for molestation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how long did you stay out in L.A.? Two years. Okay. So twenty six two thousand and six is when I left TSA and moved back to Chicago because I had an audition for well, it was a cattle call for the Hot Girls of Comedy. Okay. Yeah. Was and that Jenny McCarthy or whatever? I think she was. Yeah, she, she was did like, have something to do with it. No, 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 no. That was something else. Something that was something else. else. Okay. This was Paulie Shores. Okay. Minding the store. Okay. Remember his that that Vaguely, reality yeah. show where Before he took over time. the he took yeah, over yeah. the show uh, uh, took over the comedy store from Mitzi, and so then he had like a um, a segment where it was all about the women in comedy on his show, and we had one minute to make Paulie Shore laugh. And it was this cattle call. So the line was like wrapped around the corner. And all these women think they're funny. Here in Chicago? At the comedy store. No, in LA. Oh, this was in LA. This was in LA. And so... I, I did this um this cattle call and I was in line with I don't know if you know who Gabrielle Dennis is. Uh no. She played on Black Lady Sketch Show and now she's on that new Apple TV show where they um they get in that box that that has the butterfly on the side and it like give, it tells you your future. Okay. Whatever. People are going to be She played Whitney. This. Okay. Whitney Houston. She played that. Okay. The, yeah, okay. Anyways, but she's she there. Gabrielle Dennis is in this line with me. Now, granted, I've been on stage twice. Right, the Gary and Ga- Gary in the Holiday Inn. Inn, and so I'm in line with her, and she's like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've never really done stand up. I'm, I think I'm funny, but I, I was like, girl, you just gotta get up there and be like this. We'll wop the bam, and I'm like giving her, I'm like coaching her <laughs> to do this. I'm so fucking confident, right? And I'm just like, you got a woo wop bam, and we both had Altimas at the time. I remember we both had the same car, and we were like super cool, and we both landed that shit. Wow. I got up there. I had one minute to make him laugh and I did Tourette's. I remember because I just was like cursing. I was like, fuck these bitches, motherfucker, shit. And I was like, so I don't really fuck with my dad like that. And then, and then I just would so, like say something random and then I would go back and be like, motherfucker. And I was, and I was like cursing again. And, and Pauly Shore in his twisted mind was cracking up laughing. Like That's awesome. And that's all you needed to do was make him laugh. And yeah. so um, we both booked it, did Seven minutes of stand up on TV. When it came out edited, I was in the odd I was in the 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 group of women at the end just doing this. My set never aired. Uh. Right. But that was it wasn't all. It was a wake up call that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. That's what it was. It was like, oh You gotta write. You write. You need to write. You need to like. You got to be a night owl. We can write late at night. You have see? to do something because this yeah. isn't it. And this isn't it. And so I was like, if I'm gonna really do stand up, I gotta be in Chicago. I gotta have that support system with my daughter. I don't feel comfortable here in LA trying to do that. Right. And so I moved back home in 2006, in June of 2006. And so that's the date that I count We've from started. officially starting stand up comedy, which was June of 2006. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's been 17 years. Damn. And that's how we got started, all from that footlocker situation. Should have should have stuck with grapefruit. Should have stuck with grapefruit. Oh God. oh God, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if I was grapefruit. Should have stuck with grapefruit <laughs> and should have kept on being a late night person. I don't know why you fucking sold out. I know, I know. You know, sometimes like now, where I'm like, man, I kind of don't fucking miss it. I'm sleepy. I want to go home. I want to go. I thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming, Kelly. I, I'm, I'm happy that you came and it's, we've been, we've known each other for a while. We, we weren't really close until like later. I just when you remember start one putting 
cards on my car yeah i used to fuck with you (laughs) i'd see your car it's very distinct car and i just put my old law firm cards on the door and you're like mother it would just hype you up but i think when we started to become closer is when we there were a few times we were at a show at laugh factory and we didn't know anyone on the lineup we're like who are these fucking people like we were just like i guess we got to start knowing all these people they're taking all our slots and we're just like yeah it's new it's a new generation but and you see i see that so much and i even when i get a spot now there i'm like I don't know anybody. I don't know any of these comedians. Well, I, I leave for like two months if I'm on the road or I'm whatever. I come back and it's a totally different. I'm like, I don't know. And no one knows. And there's like new staff. And like, can I help new you at the door? I'm everything. like, bitch, I've been here before you were here. Like I've been so here many people are like, yeah. um, excuse me. Can I check your bag? I'm like, bitch, my face on a wall <laughs> over there. Go outside. Go outside. Look and yeah. look. You I'm outside. Yeah. Kelly, thank you so much. Where can where can people find out more about uh, your your upcoming projects and everything you got going on? So you have my website, kellyhoward.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-E. Like. So like Kanye. There you go. But Kelly. <laughs> Last name Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. And uh, my Instagram is the same. All of my social handles are the same, Kelly Howard. And I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. And yeah. Come check her out, everybody. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate you coming on. And thank you all for watching or listening to another episode of Why Are You Awake? Because I'm not.